Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new The Hacker Factory podcast with hacker maker, Philip Wiley. You're about to discover what the role of a professional hacker entails, the different specializations it holds, and what it takes to learn and become one. Enjoy the conversation as Philip and guests unveil the secrets of professional hacking, a mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Wiley, the Hacker Maker, and I'm excited today to have Francois Arthanis on with me. Uh, a while back, I was just we kind of interacted on LinkedIn. He had posted his success, and I just kind of started looking at his profile and some of his posts and thought this would be a good, inspiring story for, for the listeners. So welcome to the show, Francois. Uh, thank you for having me. So that's great, great. To, to have you on the show. Thank you for taking time out of your, your busy schedule. So how is how is the week going for you? Yeah, uh, the week is going well. Um, you know, it's it's busy as always, getting a little bit cold outside. But uh, uh, I work from home, so that's that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. Is I'm sure being in the colder climates, having to travel during the winter months, <laughs> yeah, be pretty miserable. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Power of. Uh, being in cybersecurity, you know, uh, at some point you get that flexibility of working from home. And uh, for someone like myself, that's like a dream come true. It's kind of hard to want to go back into the office, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, some people, because of the pandemic, are starting to have to go back in the office. But fortunately, same same with me. I don't have to go into office. So yep. enjoy not having to commute. I remember a while back, I took a job and it was like right around b- before the pandemic. And I went in the office for about three months and it's kind of nice because I hadn't been around people in a while, but the commute and, and in Dallas, some areas you drive in is not that bad. And I really didn't have that bad of a commute. Hey. Whenever traffic was bad, it took me 30 minutes when it wasn't, it took me 20 minutes, but just being in traffic, stop and go traffic. I hated it. And once the pandemic hit and we worked from home, I thought, yeah, I'm never going to work in an office again. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Nobody liked those. Um, I used to just be listening to podcasts uh, when I'm going to work, but after work and after doing it, or if there's an, uh, some sort of an uh, accident on the way, it's, it's, it's not fun. I remember one time I got stuck for like three hours for a commute that would have taken me about 30 minutes. So that's, that's not fun at all. No, not at all. Especially when you get out somewhere and, and you're running low on gas and sometimes you have to get off the highway yeah. to put gas in and. Uh, so speaking of traffic and such, what, what area of the country are you located in? Located in Atlanta, Georgia. So okay. we have one of the worst traffic in the country. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I used to have, I used to be a consultant. One of my clients was in Atlanta and yeah, that's pretty bad. And yeah. not even having to drive that far at all yeah. is really bad. Yeah. Almost, almost ended up there a few weeks ago for some executive cybersecurity conference but our company ceo really liked the philadelphia event so he went to the one in atlanta so almost went i like atlanta but yeah the traffic there is just no fun yeah yeah i just moved here myself so i'm still adjusting Uh, eventually when you move to some place you get to learn how to beat the traffic uh but again i work from home so i don't get to deal with that anymore 
Yeah. Just the, just the time that you save that you can spend on studying or yep. I just, I really don't know why more companies don't have people work from home because, you know, if you need to work late, that's not a big deal. You can go have dinner and come back to work. You know, if you have, you know, you can work on things throughout the night. It's like my wife, she works in digital forensics and there's times that they'll be pulling an image from a computer. She'll go eat, let the image download and then be able to process and go back to it. It's just so mm. much easier than having to stay at an office late when you need to work late. Agreed. Agreed. Um, back then when I used to go to the office, you know, it was okay. You have me for eight hours. That's it. You know, the rest of the day, I, you know, I got to have a family and, and, uh, you know, other things to do, but I find myself working from home. I can respond to emails at 10 PM, right? At, at, at 8 PM, you know, I don't have to, but it's like, okay, I'm home. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I I, I think uh, for some of us, we tend to the productivity, right? It's 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 better if we get if we are given the opportunity of working from home, um, because I, I would just get up and pick up my kids from the bus and come back and get back to work, right? But if I had to coordinate all of that because I'm in the office, I'm this, I'm that, uh, you know. It's a hassle. Yeah. You know, another thing too, is that commute just can affect your mood and productivity for the day. So if it's like a really bad commute, you know, you get into work, you know, have your coffee, you know, just try to, you know, try to calm down and, and collect your nerves because, you know, sometimes this, you know, some of these other drivers can be scary and <laughs> it can be really nerve wracking. So just getting in the mode and the mindset to be able to, to work sometimes is, you know, that just kind of wastes time itself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So why don't you, uh, tell us about a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got started in cybersecurity. Sure. Um, so ooh, a little bit about me, uh, actually I am originally from Africa. Let me actually start there. Um, we came to this, uh, uh, country in 2008. I remember it was August 15th, 2008. And when we came here, um, I didn't know how to say good morning in English. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the post. Uh, it seems like a lot of people are liking it, but I didn't know how to speak the language, let alone good morning. I didn't know how to say hi in English. So got here at the time I was, uh, I think it was like 15 going to 16, uh, when we got here. So we, we landed here. Nobody knew how to say anything. Uh, and my parents um, didn't have a chance to go to school, so they, they don't know how to read or write. So when we got here, we had to read the letters. You know, uh, In Africa, we were in the refugee camps, and uh, the whole setup there, it's different than here. You didn't have anybody sending you letters that you have to read, right? Uh, <laughs> So when we got here, we had to start reading, you know, power bill and uh, 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 water bills and stuff. So we went to high school. When we got here, they put me in the ninth grade. And uh, uh, that's where the, the kind of the journey started. So the first time I saw a computer, I got really, really attached to that thing. Uh, and then somehow I convinced my dad to buy me one, actually to buy us one because it's seven of us it's seven kids so 
Uh, he bought one. Um, and at the time we were, we enjoy watching TV, you know, listening to some of uh, the African music. So I used to record stuff from, um, uh, DVDs into VH, you know, VHS so that, you know, the little, this was my mom's tasks, you know, uh, the little, the, the DVD keep getting stuck and that she liked the, the cassette better. So she had me recording those things over. So this one time then the computer died, right? The DVD drive died and I couldn't record anything. So I went to Walmart, buy the thing, come back and I wanted to just, you know, put it together. So I, I opened up the computer. That was a habit of mine. If a bike dies, I just fix that thing. It's, it's just, it come to me that easy. So I opened up the computer. Then I, what I found inside really fascinated me. You know, I find some wires were not connected. I found some things inside of a computer that blew kind of my mind. I was like, okay, is this the thing that I use to do everything I've been doing all this, you know, all this time? So the fascination came from there. Uh, then when I finished high school, uh, I had an issue with the language, of course, like I said. Um, so I said, maybe the first step is to learn the language. So I started like watching YouTube videos on how to pronounce stuff. Um, so I, I, I would do a lot of that. I'll, I'll pick up some of, uh, some books, try to read and look up some of the words on Google and stuff. Uh, so I graduated from high school and went to college. And when I got to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I said, my parents never had a chance to go to college. So, um, I had a counselor in high school who was like, you know, college is not for everybody. Go try it. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you know, so be it. I said, okay, well, let me just try it for two years. So I went on and get associate degree, uh, registered to get associate degree. Uh, then after two years, I was like, huh, not so bad. <laughs> uh, then I went back and they got me a bachelor's degree in network management. Um, but before I even get into network management, I, I, I went to school for business administration. I did that for about three months because the idea, uh, was when I talked to my parents, they were like, Oh, you, you know, maybe we can start like a little, you know, African shop. So just go to school for business. So then that's what I did. Uh, but after three months, I said, no, this is, no, it's, it's not happening. Um, so I went, I, I switched the major to network, um, the associate degree was a network engineer. Uh, so I did that when I graduated, uh, with a bachelor's degree. I got, I want to say a little bit lucky throughout the process. Before I graduated, I met a guy who was from Liberia. That's West Africa. I'm from East Africa, Tanzania. Um, so I met a guy who basically I looked up to. He became my mentor. I started asking him a lot of questions and he had been in IT for a while, like 20 some years. So I started asking him, I'm like, Hey, uh, what do you see this thing going? I really like computers. I, I'm interested. Like I can't really stop. I cannot stop using a computer. So he was like, Hey, look, uh, cybersecurity. This is back in 2000. Um, I want to say, uh, 15. So. When he was like, you know what, cybersecurity is the place to be. Uh, it's growing. 
everybody will need some sort of a protection from these cyber uh, criminals. Uh, I said, you know, let me give you know, let me give it a try. Um, I did, and uh, looks like I, I became a glue, uh, a glued uh, to it. Uh, so uh, that's kind of uh, the whole journey to getting into cybersecurity. Yeah, that's an amazing story. That's one of my probably my favorite part about doing this show is just hearing different people's stories. I mean, because it's just so so interesting to see where they came from, and you know, it's awesome that you got the opportunity to come here and that you, you know, through your experience of having the the computer home inspired you to want to, to follow that path. So that's really great. And it sounds like you have a really, really supportive parents. So that, that's, a, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, that, so that's the thing, uh, but actually that's one of the other thing why I was able to do what I am doing. Uh, part of it's because of my parents. Uh, you know, they came here not knowing the language, so they started doing some of these factory jobs. And my dad used to come home with, you know, like we had to do something to his back because it was really that bad. Uh, and one time he set us down, he was talking to us, and then he said, if any one of my, my children uh, goes to school, I will rather sell my pants. Literally, he said that. I would rather sell the last pair of my pants to put them through school. And when he say that, that was like the woke up moment for me. I was like, okay, here is a guy who never had a chance to go to school, but he's lived with some of the educated people and have seen how the world treated these individuals. So to me, that was the wake up moment. And that's what got me into be like, okay, I got to get this, this school thing right. You know, I went on, I got me a bachelor, I got me a master's degree in cyber. I, you know, I got like 10 plus certifications. I was like, I'm, I'm going and I will try this. I will do <laughs> whatever it takes to make it work. But also maybe at, at some day retire my parents, right? Uh, cause, um, uh, you know, like, like I said, uh, they, you kind of don't have much, but uh, they they had the unconditional love, and when they cannot provide for themselves, I want to uh, be there for them. So I want a better career, so I can be able to, to do exactly just that. That that's really great, and they set set a good example for you. So as far as uh, career advice goes, you know a lot of our listeners are trying to get into cybersecurity, and that's one of the focuses of the show the stories like yours is just awesome because there are, I am sure there's people that are going to listen to the show mm -hmm. that can relate to your story. But, uh, if you had some advice, you know, based on your experience, what you did to learn cybersecurity, what would you recommend for someone else? If they're wanting to get into cybersecurity, how should they start that journey? What kind of, uh, education, uh, recommendations do you have? Um, a lot of the education now is freely available online. So my biggest advice to anyone would be find a mentor, um, find somebody you look up to, uh, who been there, who've done that, not just, you know, these YouTubers, but someone who've, who've done it, who've lived it and ask for their guidance. Right now it's a lot easier, uh, than before. I remember when I was so getting started, I used to reach out to 
uh, I anybody really I can reach out to. I remember one day I reached out to the guy who created a Metasploit, you know, uh, SD Moore. And I was like, hey, sir, um, uh, if you even have 10 minutes to respond, like one minute to respond, I'd appreciate it. But if you were to start in in uh, cyber, how would you do it? And then he got back to me. He said, you could do this. This is what I did. This is what I did. So I would say if you're just getting started, uh, find someone who's where you want to be and then ask for their guidance. Uh, as far as education goes, a lot of the content, it's freely available online. And cybersecurity is one of those things that you want to be able to self-study, right? Uh, because even after you've gotten the job, the study doesn't stop. you got to keep learning. Uh, but you can short, short, um, shorten your path into, a, into your job by getting somebody who's done it to guide you uh, in the whole process. Uh, the other reason why I say that, uh, uh, Philip, is that when you're getting started, you don't know where to begin. You know, that's me back in the days. I used to just Google stuff like, okay, what is the highest paying certification? And then I find something online, then I go take that certification. I've even taken certifications that I've never used. Like, I, at some point, I, I took the IDO or ITIL certification, which I've never used it. Just because some online article recommended that, you know, it will make more money by having the certification. So getting the guidance so you can learn this, this the right way. Uh, cybersecurity, a lot of people, you know, love it because you can, you know, make money, all that good stuff, but it's not a foundation in Korea. So you want to get the, 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 the foundation right. right? You're going to be securing network systems. You're going to be securing computers. So you want to start there by learning the foundation first. And the mentor will guide you into that process if they're really good mentors, right? So they, 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 they will tell you the right way to go by learning this. Um, try to do it by yourself. You can, but it's going to take you a little longer. So like I said, uh, find a mentor, uh, you know, get involved in the community. Um, uh, and then, you know, put yourself out there, uh, really. Uh, people... What I notice in cyber, everybody loves to help. That I've I've noticed. I don't know why, but everybody you reach out to, they will get back to you with some sort of a help. So just seek help when you know, especially since you're getting started. That's that's some great advice. And I know you mentioned, uh, you know, you've got degrees, you got certifications. Do you think that's required for someone to get into cybersecurity? You know. That's one of those questions that different professionals are going to answer, you know, kind of a differently. Well, one of my passion is to teach. So I enjoy giving it back uh, to the community. And what I know, I notice if you don't have a certification or some sort of a degree, universities gets a little bit hard for you, you know, to hire you. Because the, if you're going to be, you know, teaching undergrad students, they want to make sure you have the undergrad degree and the certification that you're going to be teaching. So for me, because I, I, I noticed that early on, that was, that's what fueled the passion of getting the certifications, right? That reason. So, but for someone who's just getting started, I know a lot of people would say, oh, certifications are better than degrees and this and that. But I want to say, if you have the opportunity to get both, go for it, right? 
uh, get this certification, get the degree, uh, the degree, the job that I have right now, I won't have the job if I didn't have my master's degree because they, they wanted someone with a master's degree. Um, but you know, you want these people who don't know you to hire you and the, they don't trust the things that you're telling them. If you show up to them and be like, Hey, I know these things. I know that, you know, those things, the question they ask is how do we know, you know, what you're talking about? And then degrees and certifications serves as the testimony to your skill set. tells them, Hey, look, you know, I've struggled for four years to get this, you know, this degree, you know, at least, you know, let's start there. Right. <laughs> So if you have the opportunity to get both, get both. Uh, what I did, uh, I went with the WGU, Western Governor University, which is like a competence-based kind of a university where uh, you don't have to spend the two years, the four years, right? You can just spend about, like, I finished my master's degree in six months, right? That's how long it took me. So there are, this the education system is changing. All right. And you can find if you're worried about spending too much money, hey, I spent about $4,000 to get my master's degree. So there are, you know, schools and systems that you can use. What I recommend is if you have a way of getting both, go for it. Uh, but um, a lot of employers tend to look at the certifications because they expire. Right. Because if you had a degree in, uh, you know, 2000s, the technology, you know, it's different. But if you have an up-to-date certification, that tells them you've, you know, you've kept up with the, with the technology as well. So I recommend both. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah, it's pretty amazing how quickly people get degrees through WGU. But it's kind of, it's really kind of nice. I went there for a while before I started, before I started teaching at Dallas College, and then I had to discontinue uh, my studies. But it's amazing. I just really like that format that you're not wasting a lot of time and everything you're taking. Most cases are going to help you out. Like maybe like the ITIL stuff or like that, you may not need it, but some of that's more useful than some of the things you take in a four year university. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, see, one of the things that I really uh, learned was that. The best investment anybody can make is in the in themselves. Once you got the knowledge, nobody can take that away from you. So even if you get the the the, the certifications that you probably don't need or the knowledge that you think you don't need, quote unquote, you never know when that's going to come back. Um, where you know that piece of paper is going to be, it's going to be what they're looking for. Uh, so it. If you get the opportunity to learn something, I, I always take that opportunity and learn that thing, uh, even if I might not need to use that knowledge for the time being. Yeah, that's kind of a good approach. It's better to to know too much than not enough. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I got this one from Will Smith, the actor. He usually uh, famously said, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Um. I recently took the CISSP. My job doesn't require the CISSP, right? I, I, I don't need that thing right now, but it's one of those things that I know I need it, you know, kind of a moving forward. So again, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. That's, that's a great quote. And that's, that's good advice to live by because, you know, as, 
always these times you're preparing for an interview and if you just really didn't keep up to date or learn these certain areas that maybe you knew you should have, when it comes time to prepare an interview, then you have to cram to get ready for that, you know, to get ready for a job interview or to learn that skill for the, for your job. Yes. And cybersecurity, it's on a, um, ever learning career. Like you've got to keep learning. That's one of those things that fascinates me about cyber because I love learning. Right. So Every time you wake up, you go to work, you don't know what's going to happen. It could be a ransomware attack. It could be someone, you know, banging the network that, you know, doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. So every day you get to do new stuff. So you are constantly learning. Actually, that's another device that, that I'll tell people who are looking to get into the industry. If you don't enjoy learning, this is probably not the best career for you because you're going to keep learning. The moment you stop learning, um, you know, you, you start dying. That's that's what this other guy said. If you stop learning, you start dying. And the cybersecurity, it's uh, it's the same way. You got to keep up uh, with the changing of uh, of of the cyberspace. Yeah, that that is so true because you you think about the level you're at, and that's one of the things to think about certifications. If someone's going through like the OSCP certification. Maybe you did really good and you're, you know, you can hack all these different systems, but then if you're not putting, once you quit putting in that effort, you'll lose what you have. It's almost like when it comes to sports or something. So like if you're a really good soccer player and maybe you took a season or two off, you're not going to be as good as you were unless you're continuing to practice somehow. And, you know, uh, cybersecurity is a lot like that. I would agree. Um, I would definitely agree to that. Um, you got to keep your skills uh, sharp. Uh, besides, there will be a lot of things when you're working that you do not know. That's another thing about cybersecurity. You got to know how to find stuff. <laughs> it's one of those skills that I've learned uh, when I got into the industry. Uh, constantly, you know, Googling stuff. I'm like, Jesus, I thought I know this stuff. Uh, but you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a nature of, of the work that we do. And, you know, a lot of people I come in contact with that want to get into cybersecurity are always asking me, do I need to know how to code? So do you think people need to know how to program if they want to start a career in cybersecurity? Yeah, it's another great question. Um, I don't really think they need to know how to code or program. Um, I don't even think they need to learn that from the beginning. You know, it, it's a great skill uh, down the line if you want to automate some stuff, which you have to do, you know, down the line, of course. So I recommend usually, and I got this one from uh, uh, John Strand, the guy who used to teach at the Sands Institute, you know, Black Hills Information Security. Uh, he literally said, okay, if you're going to be learning how to code, at least and not even coding, it's more like scripting. Uh, do that in a year four to year five when you're in the industry. So the people are just getting started. I will, I will CC to what John said. You don't really want to learn that stuff yet. And then learn, learn the skills that will help you break into the industry, the skills that the hiring managers are looking for. And then once you get hired, um, whenever there is a task, that you 
you know, repetitive tasks that you keep doing over and over again, then you can learn how to code and learn how to automate that. You can learn how to script in PowerShell and Python and Bash. Those are the, you know, three common ones. Uh, you can learn how to script that stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, really short answer to that, I would say, don't learn how to code when you're just getting started. I'll leave that stuff for later. Uh, whenever, like, like once your job needs it, or once you become, let's say, like, like a senior levels type of a person, let's say, like a, a, a tier three SOC analyst. Yeah, then you're gonna need to be automating some stuff. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And and sometimes people get too bogged down on trying to learn how to program because you know it's not easy to do, and you can get so tied up in that you're not spending your time learning. Other things that you need for right away are just to get a job before your current job. And especially like with the pen testing, people will see that and they'll say, well, do I need to learn how to code? But, you know, then you spend all the time coding, you're not learning to pen test. And that yeah. kind of slows down yeah, your, your actual goal to begin with. I agree. If you, when you're getting started, your number one, number, number one goal, number two goal, number three goal is to break in. So just learn the stuff that you need to break in. Um, which is like, that's why I started with the mentor. You need to find a mentor, someone who can, uh, you can learn from their mistakes. That way you don't have to make the same mistakes. Well, we're getting down towards the end of the show. Is there anything you'd like to share that we haven't discussed? Well, I would say um, for anybody who really want to get started into cybersecurity, um, get in. You know, don't second guess yourself if this is going to be your passion or not. You know, often people use those words. Get in because there's always something for someone. There's a lot of different tracks in cybersecurity. Whenever people say cybersecurity, it's like healthcare. Um, what are you going to do in healthcare? Something in cyber. Like you mentioned, your wife doing forensic. There's different career tracks in cybersecurity. And no matter what your passions are, uh, you can do security for whatever that passion is. If you enjoy music, well, do security for a studio, right? It, like whatever your passion is, you will uh, be able to do security stuff for what you're passionate about. And we are very understaffed. That's why you know people are getting paid a lot of money right now. Uh, so we need all the help that we can get. Uh, so if you were thinking about getting in, just get in. Yeah, that's that's some great advice. Don't wait too long. Uh, get in. You know, there's a lot of opportunity. Uh, really glad that you were able to join the show. I appreciate your time. Uh, you have you have an amazing story, and I'm glad I got to hear it. I'm glad I'm gonna get to share it with our listeners. Thank you, Philip. I appreciate the opportunity to come here and and uh, talk to you. I, I look forward to more of these. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory podcast with Philip Wiley. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.